Welcome to Three Nice Things, the podcast that has decided we've been so mean to these movies, it's time to say three nice things. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Is It Classic, Does It Rock, where we pick a band or artist and go through their discography album by album, track by track. If previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. Radio 64, Video Game Music Remix Radio, and 9021 Here We Go, a 90210 Rewatch Podcast. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming movies by following us on Facebook or Twitter at NiceThingsPod. Please rate, subscribe, and share this show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we are talking about the 1999 film Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I'm Eric Mickles, known online as Dust vs. Tweak, and with me is Kendra Mickles. Hi! Host of 90211. Here we go. And former co-host yeah. of... Well, <laughs> once, once a co-host, always a co-host. Christian Flincham. Once, once upon a time a co-host. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody. You guys are back together. We're back. And you've already yeah. talked about... We just got to see each other like a week ago. It was Aww. great. What was the... Uh, what episode number was it on Nostalgia Me This that you guys started... You talked about the prequel trilogy? I couldn't tell you what number. Okay. <laughs> you should have asked prepared. me to look that up before. Yeah. <laughs> the first prequel to the original Star Wars trilogy... Episode one was filmed on a budget of $115 million, which seems absolutely ridiculous to me. In a that's too much way? That's too low. That's too so lo- low. Too low. Okay. But <laughs> I mean, it's the 90s. It's 1999. And like, they filmed it. It's just very low. Yeah. When we talked about Avatar The Last Airbender, $155 million. Oh, wow. Anyway. Upon release and subsequent re-releases, the movie has made more than $1 billion worldwide. Uh, at the time of its release in 1999, it was the third highest grossing movie in North America ever, behind Titanic and the first 1977 Star Wars movie. That doesn't surprise me. It was also the second highest grossing film worldwide, only behind Titanic. Wow. <laughs> How long had it been since we had had Star Wars when this came out? Isn't it 83 to 99? So, a, a while. Yeah. So, people were ready. A bit. A bit. Hey, at the time of recording, it has a critic score of 54% on Rotten Tomato and an audience score of 59%, actually making this one of the highest rated films we've had on this podcast. But as I say in the beginning, or as I say in our promo, these are movies that have a bad reputation. And uh, episode one has a pretty bad reputation, despite those scores. Uh, though. Only. Wrongly, I say. Yeah, we brought on a, uh, <laughs> we brought on Kendra, everybody. <laughs> we'll get into that. Champion of episode yeah. one. Uh, Christian, you might be feeling a bit rusty since the last time you were on a podcast. In 1999, are you a Star Wars fan? Oh, yes. Very much so. I've always been a Star Wars fan, always will be a Star Wars fan. I don't even remember the last, uh, probably the first time, I, I had to have been around seven years old, maybe. When I first saw Star Wars, it was early. That's all I remember. And okay. I've been in ever, enamored ever since, basically. So um, I was geared up for this. So seven. Oh, wait. You're Kendra's age. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's in the... So you didn't have too much of a wait either then. So it was yeah. like you were like a fresh Star Wars fan. Yeah. Okay. And episode one was... It, it will always have a special place in my heart just because <laughs> it was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. Oh, yeah. It's It's got that nostalgic kind of feeling because of just the feeling of anticipation mm-hmm. that was around that movie. Man. I, I'm honestly surprised how high uh, ratings are for that on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> they, they are pretty high considering I mean, <laughs> the vitriol that comes with... 50 con- is yeah. like a pretty high percentage. Yeah. Almost 60%. Yeah, you wouldn't think 60% would uh, create the uh, you ruined my childhood rhetoric. I don't know when I first watched Star Wars, though I feel like I was aware of it at a very young age because I remember watching like the Muppet Babies and they did a Star Wars episode. So I would have probably still have been too young to have watched the movie, but I, you know, would have known of Star Wars. I think the first time I watched the full trilogy, I was probably like your like your age then, uh, seven or eight. I think I was eight years old when I watched the first trilogy all the way through. Though I don't ever remember knowing episode one was like coming. So, like, I think I saw commercials, like, oh, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. But that was, like, it. There was no, like, as a kid, I wasn't looking at magazines and be like, there, I can't wait. So I had, like, no anticipation. Just, like, an odd, just 
I, I was curious about the movie. I remember talking to a friend in the playground about it and having him tell me every single thing that happened in the movie because I, was, <laughs> I just, I wasn't like enough, I wasn't into spoilers or anything. I was just like, so what else happens? Does anyone die? Who else dies? In 1999, I would still just be like, oh, I like Return of the Jedi, but I wouldn't say I was like a huge Star Wars fan. Kendra? Uh, I, I feel like I've been a Star Wars fan since, since pretty young. I remember the first time I saw A New Hope. It was on TV. And I probably said this in uh, in uh, Nostalgia Me This, our episode, but uh, I walked into the living room and Corbin was watching it, and my brother, Corbin, and uh, <laughs> and I was like, what is this? He was like, it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and my life was never the same. For as long as I can remember. I so in 99, you're a Star Wars fan? Yes. Okay. At eight years old. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was also young once. Uh, all right, summary of the movie. We're going to spoil episode one, though maybe George Lucas already did. hey <laughs> uh, How do we even summarize this movie? Because as we'll read later on, even Lucas found the whole plot. I guess it's just, this movie takes place 40? A long time ago, in a galaxy oh, far, far away. Hey, if you're, a huge, uh, if you're a huge Star Wars fan <laughs> who knows all the facts about every single thing, you're not going to be happy with this podcast, so you might want to just like <laughs> press pause or walk away for a while, because I, I don't have Wikipedia opened right now. Listen, this movie takes place decades before uh, New Hope. Uh, young Anakin is found. There's, there's this trade embargo going on. The Trade Federation is blockading Naboo, which is... I, boy, I'm tired. You, you, you describe it, Kendra. <laughs> wow, you got two seconds into the movie. <laughs> so the Trade Federation isn't letting Naboo do stuff. And so they send the Jedi, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, to negotiate. The Republic. Yes, sends. the Republic does. The Senate. Um, and that doesn't go well. They end up having to fight their way out. And they end up on the planet of Naboo. They meet Jar Jar Binks. And eventually, they a lot of stuff happens, but they get to Tatooine, the the queen. Then they try and escape right. the planet, uh, and their ship is damaged, so they have to land on Tatooine. I don't think it's yes, it is Tatooine. You sorry. don't think it's Tatooine? No, no I'm sorry, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, that's where they meet Anakin and pod racing. Yeah, and, and then they go back. And they take Anakin with them. They go to Coruscant, which is the Senate planet, and things don't really work out, so they go back to Naboo to have a big three-tier battle. Yeah, um, they're going to free Naboo. And then they defeat the Trade Federation and possibly some Sith, and they have peace, peace. <laughs> at the end of the movie. Uh, and, oh, and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, played by Liam Neeson, dies, and yes. Obi-Wan was like, I'll train this boy. You know what? If you want to really, if you haven't seen this movie... And you don't want to watch it? Just go listen to Weird Al's A Saga Begins, or the <laughs> yeah, and he'll just describe the whole thing. Yes. So you know what? I was a big fan of that song in '99. Yeah. So uh, histories with this specific movie, Christian. Again, you saw this movie in theaters then. Yes, I did. So saw it with my dad. Okay, just you and your dad. Yep. Precious. Morgan wasn't a part of it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> she was too young, I guess. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so you saw it in theaters in 99. Do you, do you remember your reactions to it as a child in the theaters? It was magical. Like, <laughs> I was obsessed with episode one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pretty much that year, I believe, like right after it came out, I had a birthday. So, of course, the only thing I got was like Star Wars toys. Because <laughs> hmm. all that merch got yeah. released like the, right after that came out. The uh, so. pod racing game? Oh yeah, the pod racing game. Yeah. Um, I had one of those like uh, mini little, you know, those like uh, games where you move like a little character back oh, and forth yeah. across uh-huh. like a pixelated. Oh yeah, screen. those old Tiger Electronics. Yeah, I had one where you're Darth Maul and you have to like kill. Oh my gosh, younglings! Uh, <laughs> actually, I think you kill uh, like Naboo people. Like mm, wow, fighters. wow, okay, intense. But so, so you're uh, saying. When you saw it as a kid, you it was it was a great time and you enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Okay. It it was honestly really inescapable for me. I felt like yeah. I mean it was like all I felt like I saw the trailer all the time. There was like so much merch and so much mm-hmm. like kind of like hype around this one that it was just like I kind of like got really into the hype. Okay. Um, but I didn't know anything. Like I was too young to really understand what Pacing. it was going to be. 
or anything uh-huh. really you know what i mean like i had no expectations going into the movie right it was like all 100% new to me. Do you know when you began to sour on it? Um, probably as an adult. Okay. Um, so you're saying I, like as a teen, you were like, episode one's good. Shut up, everybody. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I had no gripes with the movie. All right. Like, I mean, I was a kid. I loved it for what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no like critical eye of <laughs> right. anything at that point. And like now I feel like the CGI really stands out. Oh, boy. As- a lot worse than it did back mm-hmm. then well yeah absolutely but you know when i saw it for the first time i was amazed but mm-hmm. you know it's not you know looking back at it through the years it's like wow this hasn't aged very well yeah yeah cgi is like any other animation like you remember it being like the most realistic thing and then you rewatch it and you're like oh rockadoodle has bad animation oh yeah <laughs> bringing it back you. to nostalgia me this <laughs> my dad took me and my siblings to see the movie and uh i had a good time and i remember thinking like I really liked it and especially like the end where you know you're you've got those like three you've got the Jedi fighting the Sith you've got the big Gungan battle and then you've got the big space battle and as a kid that was all I needed just like constantly going back and forth at the end I don't really remember loving it it wasn't like ah, episode one has changed my life like in 99 I'm 13 by the time this movie was on out on DVD or VH1 like I saw it in theaters, and then I didn't really rewatch the movie for a long time. I don't even know if I rewatched it for episode two. Episode two had a much more, uh, had a bigger effect on me and becoming like a Star Wars like fan fan than this movie did. I think in ninety nine and two thousand, I was more being blown away by like the Matrix and uh, X Men. Like those those were the movies that were like shaping me. And so, as much as I liked Return of the Jedi and those movies as a kid. This one just was kind of like, it was just, you know, another movie. I remember those uh, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC commercials would be on all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where the Colonel, <laughs> the Pizza Hut girl, and the Taco Bell Chihuahua were, like, fighting the battle against the droids. And, yeah, it, that was a time when Christian, you could get those you, three characters together. You had the pod racing game, right? For the 64. Yeah, and uh, Battle for Naboo. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. It, that was a, a pretty fun game, too. Yeah, instead of Rogue Squadron, there was Battle for Naboo on the 64. The Pirates yeah. game was hard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I never beat it. <laughs> uh, Kendra, in 99, you saw this movie in theaters? I I, I want to say yes. What? I mean, Corbin, I, I don't remember specifically going to the theater, but I, I know that Corbin and I loved it. And, I mean, we would... When we were over at Christian's house, that's all we did was talk about Star Wars. Okay. And I, I think Corbin was Obi-Wan Kenobi for that Halloween. This and, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, like, like with, the, with braid. the rat tail. Yep. Yeah, we can call it a braid. Uh, it is. Yeah. And uh, I knew I plenty had, of kids that had. The whole time we were watching, <laughs> Eric and I rewatched it the, a couple nights ago, and uh, the whole time we we're watching it, I'm like, I had this cool, the coolest clock <laughs> that had. Uh, it was the top of it was the Naboo fighter. And it was like, it would move around. It was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty obsessed. I, I have more memories of the second movie, like, as far as being obsessed with it. Yeah, um, But I I know that I that I loved this I, one. Yeah. And I watched it a lot. I remember having it on, on VHS. Yeah. Did you have the book for this one, or was that just I the didn't have the one? book for this one, no. one, All this huge, they had a ton of, like, coloring books and, like, mm-hmm. puzzle books oh, and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Marketing was big. Yeah, I had I had most of those. I remember. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some actors who dodged the bullet in terms of being in this, not being in this movie, though. Uh, some of them wanted to be. Michael Jackson reportedly wanted the role of Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> and he wanted to do it in prosthetics and makeup. Uh, oh my goodness! And that George Lucas did not want that so to happen. So weird. According to Screen Rant, uh, Belnicio del Toro was cast as Darth Maul. But he left the project when he found out most of the character's dialogue was cut. And I mean, I think I read somewhere he only, Darth Maul only has six minutes of screen time total. So that is crazy. Well, the dinosaurs only have twelve minutes in Jurassic Park. That's so crazy. you spread it out. It's it's weird how our brain just remembers so much more of that. Yeah. Possibly, uh, there's like no real confirmation of this, but Tupac Shakur was almost Mace Windu. But he was murdered in 1996. That would have been interesting. I don't know how real these are, but according to Factual.com. 
Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks, Morgan Freeman, and Kurt Russell were considered for Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, I don't... Tom Hanks. That's This is according to Factual.com, so, you know, take it as... America's dad. Yeah. Uh, and according to EpicStream.com, whom I've never heard of until today, Hugh Jackman, Tim Roth, and Henry Connick Jr. were considered for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr., yeah. Huh. So, Harry Connick Jr. Apparently, Ewan McGregor was picked out of 50 candidates wow so well he's perfect <laughs> he's perfect in every way all right so in the 80s george lucas was burnt out with star wars after the return of the jedi according to the secret history of star wars by michael kaminsky and he stopped planning a sequel trilogy so that would be the episodes seven through nine however the success of the dark horse comic books line and the timothy zahn trilogy books the uh, thrawn trilogy showed Lucas that there was more, that there was still a market for Star Wars movies. Uh, the Secret History of Star Wars says Lucas began work on the prequel trilogy in 1993. And I've read many places that the effects in Jurassic Park were the thing that proved to George Lucas that CGI had become viable and that he could now realize his vision for the prequel trilogy. So, and so he did. You, you uh. owe your... Episode one to my T-Rex. Or I guess you can blame the T-Rex. It wasn't her fault. Uh, Ron Howard told Collider in 2015 that he, Robert Zemeckis, and Steven Spielberg were asked by Lucas to direct the film. Since Lucas hadn't directed Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. But they all turned him down and Lucas eventually decided to direct the movie himself. You can also blame those three. I'm pretty sure it was Steven Spielberg who was even just like, George, you should direct it! And George was like, well, alright, then that's what you want me to do. <laughs> so, filming took place in 1997. And editing and effects took two years to finish. The reason why I put that down is because I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it kind of blows my mind to remember that this movie is a 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Not, it just didn't come out in 99. It was filming in the late 90s. So yeah. that's because like episode two and three feel very much of their time. Very much like 2002 and 2005. I do feel, I do four. think of Three, early 2000s six. when I think of this movie. Yeah. So. It, but no, this movie is 90s. It's, but it probably, did it come out in December of 99? No, it came out in May. This oh. was a summer movie. Well, this movie right. like played from the beginning of the summer to the end of the year, basically. Wow. So like when, you, when Christian's talking about the CGI not holding up, like that's because they're dealing with CGI from 97 to 99. <laughs> There, I mean, The Mummy came out in 99. This this movie's still working on that budget, you know? Anyway, that just kind of shocks me to remember that episode one, like The Matrix, is a 90s film. <laughs> That's crazy. According to Time, the scene in which the toxic gas is released on Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn, it's the only scene with no digital alteration. The whole movie, in all two hours and 15. That's the only scene where there's like, no, skip it. Uh... Oh my gosh. <laughs> so even the actors were edited with computer effects, with Lucas using different takes of different actors in one scene. So sometimes you have Qui-Gon Jinn from take 10 and Anakin from take 17 Whoa. being CGI'd around each other. So, wow. Because that Lucas just went full control. See, that. that's pretty That's pretty good. <laughs> oh because goodness. I couldn't tell that. Can you tell that? I just think that leaves no room for actual acting okay, because sure, if sure. if Qui-Gon says like, oh, we'll never get out of here, and then Anakin reacts one way, and then you take out, it's just, it's too much. It's too much I control. agree it's too much, but I, I, I couldn't tell that he did that, so. The trailer for episode one created so much hype that people would buy movie tickets, see the trailer, and then leave before the movie started. So people would go see like Meet Joe Black. Uh-huh. And then they would see the trailer for episode one, uh -huh. and then they would leave after the trailer and wouldn't stay for Meet Joe Black. They just went to see the trailer. They paid full admission for a movie to just watch the trailer, because this is also 99, or who 98. Who wouldn't want to watch Meet Joe Black? <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> I've seen parts of it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this is, I mean, this is, early, you know, late 90s. The internet is, you know, I, in... Oh, yeah. In 2000, I was like, what did they yeah. just watch it online? In 2003, I would tell Apple movies to start downloading the X-Men 2 trailer and then I would go to school and hope that it was done downloading by the time I came home. <laughs> so yeah, this was the faster way to do it. Oh man. 
According to uh, Rolling Stone magazine, some theaters grew wise to this, and they would show the trailer a second time after ah, the movie you were seeing. That is smart. This part warms my heart. Uh, the main poster, the main uh, poster with the art, it was done by Drew Struzan, who, if you think of, like, the painted movie posters from the 80s, it's probably a Drew Struzan uh, the Back to the Future posters are Drew Struzan. The Goonies are Drew Struzan. If you think of that style of uh, movie art, it's Drew Struzan. We watched Struzan. a documentary about it. We him, did. Right? Struzan also did the uh, art for the 97 re-releases mm. of the films. Lucas dictated that Struzan's poster was the only art foreign markets could use, and it could not be modified in any way, according to StarWars.com. It's a really cool poster. That, the part that wars my heart about that is because Struzan... Like, as computer effects and just putting actual actors on the posters became more popular, he kind of fell out of the way, so we've lost that. I don't know if either two of you have watched this, but the DVD for episode one has a featurette that shows the reactions of the first screening of Luke, uh, <laughs> of the first screening of this movie that was attended by Lucas and his cohorts. So Ben Burt, film editor, said, you can watch this and you can watch their reactions. And one of them is just sitting there with his hand over his mouth. And it's just like a silent screening. In a good way? I would no. not say a silent, <laughs> this was a good silent screening. Nobody was like, yeah, Star Wars, bro! No, this was like, huh. In the, so in the small screening theater, you hear... Uh, ben Burt, who's the film editor, to say, in the space of 90 seconds, you go from lamenting the death of a hero to escape to slightly comedic with Jar Jar to Anakin returning. It's a lot in a very short time. And Lucas says, it boggles the mind. I have thought about this quite a bit. And the tricky part is you almost can't take any of these pieces out of it now because each one takes you to the next place. And you can't jump because you don't know where you are. And so, like, that's in this theater. And then they cut to them in the kitchen. Two of them are just, like, in the kitchen talking about Star Wars. Like, do you do you remember when you saw the first Star Wars? And it's not, like, a reminiscing. It's more like, this was not the same effect. <laughs> and George Lucas comes in and he says, I do a particular kind of movie of which this is consistent, but it is a very hard movie to follow. But at the same time, I have done it a little bit more extremely than I have done in the past. It's stylistically designed to be this way. You can't undo that, but we can diminish the effects of it. We can slow it down a little bit. So if it's intense for us, a regular person is going to go nuts. The scene is very awkward to watch, and it feels like Lucas is surrounded by a whole lot of yes-men. Mm. So here's, here's the thing. I like the pacing of this movie. <laughs> I like that it's like, oh, we're ten minutes in, and like... Yeah. Ten things have happened. Uh -huh. Like you're, you've gone from place to place. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like used to watching it. Yeah. But I, I, I like that it moved. I, I, I don't really think the pacing actually bothers me. It's not the thing that stands out for me. It's the CGI. It's Anakin and all the awkward things that he says. <laughs> you know, Eddie. it's Jar Jar uh -huh. being annoying, stuff of that nature. That mm -hmm. is probably the things that stand out the most to me. If somebody asked you, do you like or dislike episode one? Now you would say? I would say I like it. Oh, twist so, for me. I don't, Jeez I don't Louise. dislike it. I think the thing is, is like I have such nostalgic ties to this. Right that I don't think I could ever dislike it. Okay. For me, episode one is the most inconsequential and unnecessary of the Star Wars films because it's so detached from episodes two and three, where, like, two and three lead into each other very well, or, you know, whatever. Episode one, because it takes place, like, 15, 20 years before that, it, it not only does it feel detached from A New Hope, it feels detached from the other two prequels. This is probably... This is my least favorite of the... Star Wars movies. That is crazy. Sorry. All the Star Wars movies. All the Star ever, Wars movies. Or just the main six. But I also, but I don't hate it. It's not a movie that I feel this like deep seated anger with. I don't hate any of like the bad Star Wars movies. Hey everybody, Eric here, recording this at a later date. We just rewatched episode two as well. I think I have to say episode two might be the worst of the Star Wars films. And now uh, I think episode one might be more watchable than episode two. Anyway, back to the episode. Kendra, 
And you? You I, love it. I love oh this movie. Oh my gosh. I love it. This is like your third favorite Star Wars movie. I love it so much. Okay. Yes. I mean, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. Uh-huh. And then A New Hope. But the only reason you like A New Hope more than this is because you feel like you can't put A New Hope below this one. No, I okay. no, I love A New Hope. Okay. It's a great movie. Okay. But I feel like you're worried if people find <laughs> out... I think this out... one is important. I think it's important <laughs> to see everyone meeting. Okay. And then it, you know, it leads us... So it, it's important because when you get to the third movie to look back on this movie, it's tragic mm-hmm. because you look back and you see how things started. I mean, Jar Jar is stupid, but he doesn't make it unwatchable for me. She, she was the, laughing the at Anakin... him. He would do stuff and she would laugh. Anyway. The Anakin's lines are pretty terrible. His yippies are really, Yippee! really bad. Oh Again, it doesn't make now, it. Now, this is pod racing. <laughs> this is tense. <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my new favorite of his lines. This when is he, tense. When he's Whoa, this is tense. The Naboo Starfighter, and he's like, "This is tense." All right. You know what? Normally, I say it's time for our three nice things, but you guys have are shocking me. So <laughs> I'm gonna say my nice things, and you guys will continue to say your nice things. <laughs> I was I was not expecting this, at least from Christian. Kendra, I know has issues. Well, Eric, I I will tell you this. I mean, it is definitely ranked lower in my list than Kendra's Kendra's top three. Yeah. All right. Well, Christian, why don't you start again? Guest. (laughs) Guest in our home. Kendra and I live here. So my first one is simply that Darth Maul is one of the coolest Sith Lord villains Mm -hmm. in the series. I'm nodding my head a lot. She's nodding her head (laughs) in agreement. Yes. Coolest lightsaber. Coolest... Mm -hmm. I think the reason he's so cool in a way is because he doesn't talk. He doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like nothing to ruin his character. Yeah. All of it is just a battle pretty much. Yeah. He, he, what? I mean, I, his, he only has so many lines and it's not Ray Park, the guy who plays him. It's a different voice. Oh. Um, but I mean, there's, he has, his lines are like somewhat cool. They're like, at last we will have revenge. He doesn't talk at all during that battle at the end of the movie. And he just looks very brooding and angry. Yeah. yeah. He's it so works. Cool. All of the George Lucas Star Wars movies, even though sometimes the villains don't <laughs> deliver, they always look cool. Mm-hmm. Even General Grievous, when he's not talking, he has like a cool design. And when you saw <laughs> yeah. like those four lightsabers at once, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then like you know, the execution never, <laughs> never totally lands on some of them. But like the villains, them like if you just see a picture of all the Star Wars villains, like cool. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Maul stands out and six minutes of screen time you can't really you can't really bomb that yeah i i didn't put that on my list mm-hmm. but it was that was yeah. that's one of my things about this movie that that really makes it one yeah. of my favorites is that darth maul is such a cool villain well i mean in with six minutes and in one movie and he never comes back in the other films but people still know who darth maul is yeah and they know what he's about i guess like you just show up with that double bladed lightsaber and you, yeah, it's you, so cool. Everybody remembers your name. I love that they saved the double blades for the end, though, because mm-hmm. he fights Qui-Gon Jinn yeah. with just the one. And you think that's it. And you think that's it. Yeah. And then it's the end, and there's two. Yeah. It's crazy. That was in the comics first, though. Oh, really? In the Dark Horse comics. My first nice thing... So, okay, I... Kendra thinks this was stupid, but I am decided to limit myself by not saying the ones that I think everybody thinks when they think episode one. So when, when I'm saying the ones I'm saying, it's because I'm trying not to say the double-bladed lightsaber. Okay. And the the standard cool oh, things. Well, you're just, you're just a step above, aren't okay. you? Okay. Dig deep. <laughs> I guess about this movie, this movie gets, this movie and the prequel trilogy in general get a lot of crap because they deal with politics so much. But I think it was pretty smart to have the Senate scene having movable platforms because then you can still have movement and some energy in those scenes because the platforms are moving around and spinning. And I think that was pretty smart because if they just put it in like a Senate house with people just standing and standing up, you know, if, if it looked like the the Senate scenes in like Lincoln or something, then it would, it would be even worse. But <laughs> because they thought to make them floating and spacey, able to move back and forth and everything, I think... Visually, it keeps your attention a little bit more than it could have with just a bunch of aliens sitting around like, oh, I don't know. I commented about that when we were watching it. Yeah. I was like, oh, the floating. The floating disc, yeah. And then it lays the seeds for the emperor to just throw them around and yes. show you the metaphor uh, of destroying yeah. 
democracy mm-hmm. by literally democracy. actually destroying democracy. <laughs> so that's my that's my one nice my first nice thing that doesn't have to do with lightsabers or other things. Kendra, your first nice thing. It's gonna okay. be Jar Jar Binks. No, it's not. It's gonna be the Gungans. <laughs> that would never. And then be it's gonna be your your nice Jar Jar list. Padme fan fiction. Okay, all right. <laughs> My first nice thing. I really noticed this this last time I was watching, but it's something that I've always liked <laughs> um, in all in all the Star Wars movies. But I I like in this one especially uh, the different sounds and that. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. Like I like the sounds of the the pod the pod racing sounds are so iconic. I like the sounds of the the starfighters. I like the sounds that the blue gungan things ball things make when they throw them. I just really noticed the sound effects and the sound engineering this last time we were watching it. Boombas? Is that what they call them? I don't know what they are. (laughs) I don't know. But when they're bouncing around, they make like a fun noise. Oh, the clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I really noticed it this time. And I think a lot of the movies have iconic sounds mm-hmm. like if you hear a pod if you're a star wars fan and you hear the Ooh, pod challenge the pod sound <laughs> uh-huh. like you know what that is and uh-huh. it, like that's my first nice thing okay because i was trying to dig deep oh. and not pick sorry <laughs> do you agree <laughs> yeah the sounds of the star wars movies they're great yeah yeah okay <laughs> that's all i mean a lot of it's been laid down by the other movies but not pod racing sounds. That's true. There was no pod racing in Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> which is why it's your least favorite now Star Wars movie. Pod racing. Yeah. Maybe if Cloud City had some people gambling on pod racing. <laughs> All right, Christian, what's your second nice thing? So kind of going on Kinder's point with this in the same way, in a way, I really like the, so the ship, anything that has to do with the ships in this movie. Oh, um, all the ships. Because the ship, like, they basically created a whole new group of ships for this entire film. Like yeah, instead of, the, is... uh, instead of the alphabet ships that had been through the other series. So, I mean, I remember being, like, really enamored with the ships. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the Navi Starfighter. Yes. I liked so the. Cool. I mean, I liked the droids. I actually thought that later, I forget what they're called, but the uh, fly in the space battle, <laughs> the droid ships, whatever oh, yeah. they're called. Yeah. Oh, Not oh. the controllers, but the fighters. Right, yeah. I didn't like how they like made their voices kind of cartoony especially in the other in, two episodes. Yeah, yeah, especially episode three when they're like, "Excuse you, <laughs> yeah. I've been here all week, everybody. I've been Battle Droid eight two five. But the, I thought that they were. I thought that their original sounds in episode one were fine. Yeah. like I didn't hate them. I mean, I thought they were pretty. Roger, you know, Roger. Sounded Roger. just like a droid would sound without yeah. being too cartoonish. <laughs> um, I like the Queen Starship. Yeah. It was shiny and sleek. I really, I like the control battleships that were like the blockade. Oh, yeah. The ball um, and the circle around them. Also, pretty. Darth Maul's ship is pretty sick, even though you only see it for like <laughs> two yeah. seconds. Yeah, you don't see it very long. Still looks cool in there. Got a red light. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to hop on Christians because my second nice thing is specifically the Naboo Starfighter. Nice. Which I think is a slick piece of design it it's because because episode one is more of a, like a prosperous age you know whereas the episodes four through six are like dirty and broken down and you're just using whatever you can get and like all the starfighters look like they've been pieced together with wire and everything the naboo starfighter looks just incredibly sleek and something that you'd have to have a lot of money to have and i think also just making it just that like bright yellow and that shine really like Add something to when they're in space flying around. Naboo, I guess maybe like my second thing could just be like Naboo in general. Naboo has like a nice aesthetic, that kind of Renaissance Romanesque look of the buildings, the waterfalls, the green grass. It's kind of like we hadn't seen anything like that beforehand in Star Wars up to that point. And, you know, the st- their starfighter and their ship, like you said, it's kind of um, part of that. Just this like... This is what you can have on a rich planet in a Star Wars universe that's not at war at the moment. So, but the Naboo one is always because they even put it just right on the cover of that uh, Episode One Starfighter game you were talking about. So I think they knew, and it's, it's just got that like pointy stingray tail. 
And then that little ball that kind of makes it look like a 1950s retro spaceship. Agreed. It's not one of my nice things, but the nipples. Is that the ship that was on your lamp? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was on my clock. Your clock, right? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a really, really cool mm-hmm. ship. Kendra, what's your second nice thing? I'm going to go with my second nice thing is just Padme as, as a character. Gasp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Specifically, I mean, her costumes are amazing. This time when we were watching it, I I don't know why, but I've always thought that Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman were switched for the whole movie. Mm. They they switch back and forth the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like we would be watching it and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's Natalie Portman again. <laughs> and then two seconds later, it'd be Kira Knightley. And I guess they did they dubbed Kira Knightley's voice over Natalie Portman. They do some effects, yeah. Um, when she's being the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that was done so well. And, like, the casting of Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley, I mean, they look so similar. I was reading some stuff about that, and apparently their moms would come to set, and when they were in costume, they couldn't tell the difference. Well, it was funny because, like, I remember after the movie came out, like a year after, my mom would would always be like, I'm getting these people confused. Mm-hmm. And then later I was like, oh, they play the same person right. in Star Wars. Yeah. I liked watching it this time and really paying attention to who was in the queen mm-hmm. role um, because it's they switched mm-hmm. like so much more than I thought they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that was cool and like... The first time I watched it, the reveal of like, no, I'm the queen. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a really all a the really other handmaidens cool also step up and like, no, I'm the queen. <laughs> so yes, I know it's the thing that people say is they like Padme in this movie, but I I had to put it on my list. I mean, her outfits are just they're just cool. Maybe this isn't true, but I think it's sometimes easy to forget like what a the kind of effect that like that that Queen Amidala the like. The main one, the big headpiece and the white uh, makeup, the one that's on the poster, like that was pretty iconic. Yeah. And when this movie came out, like that was a big deal. It kind of, you know, a lot so of people many, thought the costume I was wasn't, so cool. I wasn't, but so many kids yeah. were, were Padme for for Halloween. It, it has this like Japanese kabuki feel to it, and I think it just was like I don't know. Everybody, you know, you remember the Leia buns and everybody dressing up in her, uh, Princess Leia's like Episode Four garb, but like the Padme outfit. It was a big deal. That was your second nice thing. Yeah. Christian, what's your last nice thing about episode one? Okay. Though apparently last... I had to limit you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> my last nice thing. Yeah, I came up with these in like three seconds. <laughs> asked the podcast, it's like, okay, here are my three nice things. <laughs> um, the lightsaber battle at the end is arguably one of the best in Star Wars. I, mm. Yeah, that's on my list. Okay, I'm going to have to pick something different. I mean, I guess the thing is, is like at the time... There was only one that it was even comparable to in Star Wars, I felt like. Well, yeah, I mean, the first the first Obi-Wan Vader fight is so, like, slow and methodical, and they're just kind of, like, smacking at each other. Yeah. Return of the Jedi, it's like, that's the only thing you compare it to, right? Yeah, that's the that was the only yeah, fight that I would... It, as far as, like, excitement yeah. and, like, action, and I think the Duel of Fates was, like, such a good, like, background for this fight. Yeah. Like, it made it... That was such a well, intense that's the, song. Yeah, that's the... I mean, that's, <laughs> like, the standout song. of this one. I I don't think John really, really, like... That was the only track, I think, that, like, kind of blows me away in this one, considering it's John Williams. I think the yeah. rest is very much, like... This is a starship. This is a starship, and Twiddledee, we're having fun. Well, it's very, icon- it's very iconic. <laughs> yeah, but Duel of the Fates. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. they bring it back in all three movies. Yeah, yeah, great. And I mean, it's so like Duel of Fates was good in this one. Duel of Fates when Anakin and Obi Wan fight in the third one, I thought was is the reason why there's so much. Uh, I don't know. I think that one's such a good scene, uh, fight scene as well. It, it's just a good uh, soundtrack for the fight. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just iconic because of. This feels you know, a little for- like a cheat, Christian, because you already said Darth Maul, and now you're picking the only fight scene he has. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Darth Maul was, like, the reason I love this mm-hmm. film, so... Yeah. <laughs> the guy that was in it for six minutes is the reason yeah. that I... A lot of the reason why I was so into this movie. On this rewatch specifically, I kind of am over that fight. I don't think it's... It feels very short, and it feels like not too much really happens when you like it feels like it's just short and 
a little less impressive as like time goes on and the lightsaber battles have gotten more intense, you know, after this. So I don't know. It made me sad on what, this rewatch. What, what battle would you compare to this one as better? The other ones that show up later? Which I ones? Guess, I don't know. The Yoda jumping around? Is that what you like? I did Is like that a lot prefer? as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the third movie's big lightsaber battles and then the lightsaber battles in the, uh, the seven and eight. I guess it's just one of those things where it's like... I, th- I would have always thought this was always going to do something for me. And then on this rewatch just a couple days ago, I'm like, why isn't this doing it for me anymore? This was on my list. This was the... Yeah, I, I figured this was on your list. This is on every... Specifically, yes. specifically after Qui-Gon is down mm-hmm. and it's just Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, mm-hmm. that little section of mm-hmm. the fight specifically, <laughs> it's so well choreographed. It looks so cool. The, this... The, that whole fight like i it gets my heart my blood racing every time i watch it still it gets me so pumped to like watch obi-wan because they're moving they're moving so fast that choreography is just so good you're crazy yeah you're crazy i guess for me even like episode five which you know was 20 years older or 30 years older than this movie it just has so much more state anyway i'm sorry i didn't mean to diminish this qui-gon had died <laughs> and obi-wan had to i'm not saying it's bad i'm just shocked Lord by himself okay i'm gonna narrow it down to that i mean the whole fight is amazing oh. but that that ending part specifically right. with just obi-wan and darth maul okay is so cool i love it i'm gonna poo-poo on the whatever you say i know i guess my last nice thing and it was hard because i didn't want to say pod racing or or the lightsaber battle or drew the fates or anything I'm going to just say Qui-Gon Jinn, which is also feels kind of a... It was the other thing on my list. <laughs> it's also kind of a, a cheat, but I feel like Ewan McGregor isn't really good in this movie. I disagree with that. But I think it's because he just doesn't have much to do in this movie. And I feel like with episodes two and three, he basically carries those films <laughs> as alone because he's like so fun and charming and just in it. And like, he's the only one who could show like real emotion at times. <laughs> Uh, but I, I feel like in this one, he's still playing it too young and a bit too... I don't know. He, he's both too old. To, he, he feels too old to be a Padawan and at the same time too young to take a lead. It's it's a weird balance of 90... I guess like 1997 Hugh McGregor. I'm grimacing and shaking my anyway, head. Anyway, so. but I don't think that <clears throat> version of Obi-Wan could carry episode one the same way he does in the other films. And I don't think Qui-Gon carries the film the same way Obi-Wan does in the other ones but there's some Qui-Gon is just kind of like he's funny in a lot of ways because he just does not give a crap about anything <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't he's constantly using the force the force mind control thing on people he just doesn't care if like that's not what they want to do he's like you do want to give us all your money you do want to <laughs> give us a ship and he just you know it's funny because he does it to Greedo and it doesn't work and it's like and then he just doesn't know what to do. He's like, huh, I'm usually used to just mind-controlling people. Hey, everybody. Eric again. Later date. I said Greedo. I meant Watu. I'm sorry. Back to the episode. When the when the council's like, you can't train this boy. He's like, I will. I'm gonna. <laughs> you know? And, All right, but I'm gonna. Yeah. And even at the even at the beginning of the movie, when Obi-Wan's like, I have a bad feeling about this. Qui-Gon's like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> And it's almost like, is Qui-Gon, like, a bad Jedi? You should read Master and Apprentice. Apprentice. Yeah, Kendra because really liked that book. it really goes into yeah. their their character and how Qui-Gon is really, like, a... He's a rebel. He, he doesn't follow the rules very often. It's funny. I mean, I guess he was trained by Dooku, so maybe that's his yeah, thing. Yeah, It's just funny because, like, he's not sensing things when he should be. He's dismissing everybody else's opinions. But then also, when he's fighting Darth Maul... The, the scene is, it's it's kind of telling of both characters because they're trapped and separated from each other with those energy sh- shields. And Darth Maul is kind of like walking back and forth like a tiger in a cage, uh, just kind of like summing up his prey and just waiting. He can't wait for the thing because, you know, dark side, you got to be filled by rage and it's all about energy. And Qui-Gon just sits and meditates for the whole time, which I think like, oh, that seems like a very Jedi thing to do. So he's, he contains multitudes, is, yeah. is for certain. I had Liam Neeson on my, yeah. on my list as Qui-Gon. I just think he does a really good job. Yeah. What else do you have on your list? I, I think we, we said it all. Uh, we talked about the pacing. Um, but yeah, that, that was it. That was what I had. Jar Jar? I mean, I could... No! <laughs> I could come up with more yeah. if, I, if I needed Well, you like the big battle, too, at the end, where oh, all yeah. three of them are happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Nobody I said mean... pod racing. I should have said it then. <laughs> now this. I'm, here I am, racing. the idiot who said he likes how the Senate seats work, and nobody <laughs> said pod racing. The pod racing that that scene is is really cool. And this this last time when we were watching it, I like that there's like there's no music throughout the race. Which, until like which the very goes back end, to my yeah. sound effects. Like you're just yeah. hearing the different pods until mm-hmm. the very, very end, and mm-hmm. then the music comes in. And I think that was a really, really good choice. They do that in Jurassic Park. There's yeah. no music during the T Rex escape scene. Okay, enough about Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, this whole time. Pod thought... racing is cool. We all know it's cool. Well, yeah. I know that. I just expected one of you to say it. <laughs> to say you I like. I guess it, it just seemed too obvious to. I mean, I like the pod <laughs> racing thing. I mean, it's cool because, like, they look, they're just like these little seats being pulled yeah. by the, it has a very, it, it feels like the old chariot races from um, Ben-Hur and like the, those movies of like the 40s and 50s, these big chariot scenes where they're just battling against each other and they're being pulled instead of by horses, it's just these massive turbine engines. I feel like if you can afford a giant turbine engine for even one of those, then you could probably afford to not live in Tatooine. <laughs> it just... I, it seems like those things they are worth... They like the weather. Plot hole. Yeah. I mean, how does a slave save up to build a pod racer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. I thought about That's that like this nine time. years old. I was like, how <laughs> are you building a droid and a pod racer? Yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. plot holes. When we, were, uh, when we were watching it and Obi-Wan was running, I was like, but you just ran so fast at the beginning of this movie. That's true, just yeah. Just run they, faster. The Jedi speed run at the first beginning of the movie, and then they forget they can do that right after. <laughs> I think this is something that like is probably more powerful when you watched it the first time and then is diminished with viewings of episode two, is that Anakin's mom isn't freed, and he has to go off without her. And that's sad. But then nobody goes back to free her. It's crazy. Not, not the Jedi, not queen his queen Amidala. girlfriend, and <laughs> never himself. He never is like, hey, I know I'm a Jedi in training. Can we go free my mom from slavery, though? <laughs> so I, I'm not filled with emotions all the time? No. Can't do it. Sorry, pal. The, she's got she to be a slave. Because then in episode two, when he's like, she married somebody and she was she was happy. I'm like, well, don't. Don't, that shouldn't be making it. He spent nine years just being like, maybe tomorrow. Is it the second one where he <laughs> He goes back mom? and finds her dead. That's the second yeah. one? Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what? It is his fault she's dead. <laughs> like, because don't they go to free his mom? Ah, oh, forget it. This isn't an episode two podcast. <laughs> it's the, crazy. The You're scene, right. It's crazy. The scene works better. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, and a nice thing, is when Anakin is saying goodbye to his mom, it is sad. I think it's and sad. And Lucas had the instinct. He originally planned on Anakin to be like 12 years old. And then he brought it down to nine or eight or however old Anakin is because he thought it would be more emotional as a, to have a smaller kid like that to depart from his mom. And he's right. I wish he hadn't done it that way. But he's still right because that scene's still sad. Yeah, it's just, it is, for sure. But then it's just diminished when you think about all the years that take place before that <laughs> and if ever going back. Guess he didn't care that much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, normally I ask if you're ever going to watch this movie again, because normally the movie's very bad and nobody likes it. But I guess I'm going to ask Christian, do you, to this day, watch episode one outside of, like, a marathon of the Star Wars film? Because obviously, as a Star Wars fan, you're going to watch this movie again. But is there ever a time where you're just like, I'm just going to watch episode one? Yeah. Is there? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably surprising you a lot, but... <laughs> no, it's okay. S- 60%, 59%, you know? It's it's higher than we thought. Yeah. Basically, any Star Wars movie but episode two, The Last Jedi, I can watch. <laughs> All right. Like, Just watch episode two, but, like, skip the, the gushy stuff. I so think skip the so first 140 episode, minutes. <laughs> yeah, episode two, it's just all the love stuff with him and Padme. I just, like, never got into that. Well, it's, it's not so, good. It's so bad. I was so into it. Yeah. it now I'm like, oh, And then you have, good. like, the freaking, like, well, yeah, those, uh, whatever those, like, they look like the blow-up toads in Shrek. Like, that's what they remind me of. The those huge little, butt like, Yeah, the big fart field. cattle things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, also episode did... one. Is this the first Star Wars movie to introduce a fart joke? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> I was gosh. To say that. What about you? Like, I, obviously, right? If if you had a chance, like, oh, I'll just watch episode one tonight, and never, and like, if we only watched episode one now and didn't watch episode two tomorrow, you'd be like, that's fine. Yep. And then you would just watch again. Yeah. 
Because I like it. I would never watch episode one without doing a Star Wars marathon now. Well, that's sad for you. I guess it's sad for me. Unlike, sometimes I won't even watch episode four and six. I'll just put in Empire Strikes Back or Revenge of the Sith. That's just crazy. Or, you know, I just think those, this isn't the podcast where we're doing those. But yeah, this one, unless I'm doing it, I just, I'm never in the mood. Maybe it's because I'm like a little bit older. And so I got to watch The Matrix when it was fresh. So that was like blowing my mind when. Enough about the Matrix. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's as nice as I want you guys to be for the rest of this episode. Uh, thank you guys though for watching episode one with me. Though apparently it wasn't. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, like people are mad at me because I made them watch something, and you know, this is a nice you guys, yeah, you got a little treat. <laughs> we asked like, Christian. I yeah. get to watch episode one. Yeah. I should have. I maybe I'll have to do a second one. Next time there's a Star Wars movie with people who really hate this film. <laughs> well, I suggested Christian because I really didn't think you liked it as yeah. much, Christian. So I was wrong. It's more about yeah. the nostalgia with it, I think, than the Do actual, you like, that like... Darth Vader built C-3PO? I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't care. Like, some of the That's stuff true. in this movie, it's just like, you're right. It's inconsequential yeah. to the story. Like, it's kind of care. like... It's basically like, okay, well, there's Anakin as, as a child. Yeah. All these other people don't really matter. Mm-hmm. You want, <laughs> Except for Obi-Wan. <laughs> if you really want to... Um, Padme matters. <laughs> if you oh really God. want to get into this... Mace Windu. If you, you, you want to feel like the stakes a little bit better, you should read Darth Plagueis first and then watch episode one. Mm. You should read some like the books around it so you can get what's I happening with the other people. I highly recommend Master and Apprentice that came out in 2019. Who... I can't remember. Uh, it's it was it was really good. Yeah, really really good. Kendra, where can people find you right now? People can find me on Twitter. I'm at Miss Music Box ninety one, and I'm the co-host of nine hundred two one. Here we go. It's a nine hundred two one a rewatch podcast. We just finished season one. Mm-hmm. Spoiler: I, I'm liking the show. Kendra's so i I've, show I've never seen the show, and my co-host Nick has seen all of it. Um, so we're going through and watching it again. Uh, if you're interested in my name, Christian's podcast, I believe, because what we did was we changed the name of the podcast to 902 and here we go. So if you look up that and then you scroll all the way back, you'll see our show Nostalgia Me This. Like 40 we, something episodes. Of yeah, we went this. through uh, many nostalgic That's topics. true. If you want to hear Christian and Kendra share their opinions on... All the Star Wars movies. Yes, yeah, we went through all of them. It's like a, it's their own trilogy. It's their own Star Wars trilogy. trilogies of Star Wars podcasts. Now that's podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Christian, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, No. Okay. You can't find me anywhere. Yeah. He's elusive. He's the real Phantom Menace. <laughs> I'm elsewhere elusive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the movie. So I found the episode numbers. It's oh. 12, 13, and 14. Nice. Oh, wow. That's earlier yeah. than I thought. Yeah, I know. Way earlier than I thought. <laughs> I'm Dust versus Tweak everywhere online. Apart from other shows on the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the co-host of the podcast, The All the Book Show. And we did a whole bunch of Star Wars episodes throughout the years. So you can just find all those. We talk about our favorite books, the movies, all that. Uh, thank you to Prophetic Music for our theme song. Join us in upcoming episodes as we say more nice things about bad movies that the other people won't like Christian and Kendra. You know, sometimes we like stuff. That's true. You did kind of like Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, I did. <sighs> I said I'd watch it again. Oh my gosh. Again, you can find more about this show and others like it at the <laughs> network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Nice Things Pod. Please rate, subscribe, and share the show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. See you next episode. See ya. Do you want to say may the force be with you? May the force be with you. Did you do the Klingon thing? Oh, I did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You didn't have to tell the listeners. (laughs) All right. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Three, nice.